You're listening to the Finding Your Future in Food Systems podcast hosted by the North American Food Systems Network. The North American Food Systems Network is a professional development association for people working to strengthen local and regional food systems. In this podcast, we present different businesses and organizations across Europe working to develop food systems in their communities and across the continent. In this episode, we'll be talking about Tenuta di Spinocchia with one of the owners, Randall, and the farm education director, Nicolo. Spinocchia is a working, organic, historic farm offering extensive on-site educational internship and apprenticeship programs. Our goal here is to introduce organizations that you may be able to learn from and get involved with. Now let's dive in and meet our guests. Uh, Well, hello everyone. Um, I'm Randall Stratton. I'm very um, pleased and excited to be part of this project. I am American, but through my wife, uh, we more or less inherited a farm property in Italy a little over 30 years ago and moved from the Boston area of the United States to Tuscany to the Tenuta or estate of Spinocchia, which was my wife is American, but her grandfather on her father's side was Italian. He purchased this property in uh, 1925 and it's about 20 kilometers south of uh, the city of Siena. I did have a background in agriculture. I mean, my father was a history teacher, but he was also an avid organic uh, gardener. And so we always had a big garden. It was always done organically. I would say decades before most Americans even knew what organic was. So this was back in the 1950s even. Um, So that was good background. And then through various friends that I just sort of happened to develop over the years in New England. And then later when I lived in the the Midwest, Southwest for a while, Arkansas and Missouri, I I developed friends who had farms and I worked on a farm in Arkansas one summer. And um, yeah, so I did develop some some knowledge of, I certainly know how to drive a tractor um, and some knowledge of farming practices on a more commercial scale. well, my name is Nicolò. Uh, everyone calls me Nico here. And I am the farm education director here at Spinocchia. I am from Bologna, so not far from here. I'm, I've been here for almost two years, a year and a half, uh, since beginning of 2022. And I oversee the educational programs that, that we have here. My connection with food and, let's say, sustainability is pretty... Uh, rooted in the past because I I studied environmental science when I was living in Sweden many years ago. And when I was studying, I was, you know, very passionate about food also, you know, like a typical Italian living abroad, missing grandmother and like focusing on try to remake all the all the stuff that all the food products that uh, products that my grandma was making, I got very much into food and the connection between like let's say more cultural and uh, also hedonistic if you will aspect of food and the necessity of actually like make it do something to rebalance the like a broken food system that it was already evident 15 years ago almost when I started it became very evident so I got I got more into uh, the sustainability part of uh, of the food then I worked for some years for a company that imports organic produce uh, from Italy to Sweden. And then at one point in life, I was going 
not really in the direction I wanted to go uh, towards. And it was, I was working with in trade, uh, the Italian trade agency, uh, kind of drifting away from what my passion really was. Uh, I still was working with food, but not how I wanted to. So I took a gap year and I uh, did one year at the University of Gastronomic Sciences, uh, founded by the slow food movement. And that has been a life life changing experience and i it was through the university of gastronomic sciences that i got to know about spinocchia and uh, it took almost two years between the university and the day i started here and in the meantime i also work as in a in a winery in bologna in bologna that does natural wine so i also got more into uh, into a passion of mine that was that was wine Amazing. Thank you both so much for being here and sharing about your backgrounds. So how do your backgrounds, you know, with its relationship to food, help you now in your positions at Spinocchia? Well, I will tell you honestly, I did not expect to, uh, what was supporting the property at that time was a fairly low level um, tourism operation, hosting archaeology and architecture programs from American universities, there in the in the buildings of the property and um, when we moved over there in 1992 i actually had no um, intention of doing anything about agriculture Um, it was mostly abandoned and we had one small vineyard that was still being tended and a a small quantity of red wine made each year and uh, a few vegetables grown just to supply the kitchen during the summertime when a group was in residence um, an academic uh, program. And um, I hadn't planned or envisioned doing anything more than just sort of looking after that operation. But I'm trained as an architect, I'm an de- architecture degree, and I was very interested in architectural preservation. But after living on the property, I'd been there many times, I visited a lot. But when you live in a place sort of exclusively, the reality of it really sinks in much more than than otherwise. And I began to realize that the key to preserving this property and understanding of its, you know, thousand year history lay much more with the landscape than with the architecture. And so, of course, I was interested in preserving the buildings, you know, architectural preservation, but I realized it was landscape preservation was even more important and very quickly realized that what that meant was returning to a certain level of farming because that was the landscape. I mean, we are highly wooded. We're 80% wooded now, but I don't think it was ever more, ever less than about 60% forest. Um, but all the fields have been abandoned. No field crops have been grown in uh, 15 years when we moved over there. There hadn't been a farm animal on the property, I think in probably 20 or 25 years at least. And I realized that we had to resume, you know, retake a certain level of agricultural activity if we were going to Uh, restore some of those agricultural features of the landscape and, you know, really preserve an understanding of what that property was and what it had been for those close to a thousand years of history. So that became sort of my mission. That's great. That sounds beautiful. So can you talk about what is Spinocchia? Like, what do you do there? What are its functions and what's its role in the community in Tuscany? Of course, I guess a central role is we we um, provide employment for her, for uh, a number of local people, some of whom live on the property, but many live in you know nearby villages. 
we to to retake agriculture, we begin. We actually based that on a project that we called uh, Noah's Ark <clears throat> back in the mid 1990s, raising breeds, heritage breeds of farm animals from that area that were literally in danger of going extinct at that time. And the government was providing, um, offering some help to uh, preserve these breeds. And so we started with the Chinta Senese uh, heritage breed of pig. And then we added eventually cows, donkeys, horses, and sheep, all endangered breeds. And um, that made it necessary for us to grow the, you know, the grain crops for feeding our animals and uh, fencing in pastures and pasturing the animals effectively. And so that was the agriculture that we, we started. Honestly, we knew right from the start that we could not, we, it, the property wasn't of a nature where we could do the kind of agriculture that would be highly remunerative. So the only way we could really pay the expenses that was a very large, very large property, 1,100 acres, quite a few buildings on it. And um, I think I calculated a, a, a while back that since we've been there, we've restored something like a couple of acres of uh, terracotta tile roofs on the various buildings. So it's a, it's a big operation, lots of expenses. And the only way we could cover those expenses possibly was not through agricultural income, quite honestly, but through uh, tourism income. We weren't interested in running a hotel or even a B&B just for that. Um, and so we developed tourism, basically agritourism operation, uh, very much emphasizing the fact that we are a very historic property that um, has changed. We've changed as little as possible. And it's possible to visit us, stay with us and get a much closer understanding than is likely almost anywhere else that I can think of in Tuscany of what this whole historic way of life was, was like. So we have extensive uh, vegetable gardens. And so we provide the vegetables for our meal operation for our guests. And then we have the cows and the pigs which provide beef and pork for that operation. We discovered in the shortly after starting to raise this heritage breed of pig that it actually was not very productive, but the quality of the meat that it produces is really exceptional. And so we developed a very skilled, highly selective operation producing the salt cured meats that were actually typical of this area and of this particular breed of pig, the Chintasinazang. And so that does produce a highly valuable commercial product, which we do sell to restaurants and local uh, somewhat fancy grocery stores and, uh, of course, use ourselves. And then I guess the other crop that we sell commercially is our olive oil, um, because Tuscan olive oil, and we're, we're totally certified organic. We converted to Gorvanic, you know, almost immediately after I moved over there in the, in the early 1990s. Yeah, so we do export a quantity of that oil to the United States and uh, sell it through our, our channels uh, there directly to customers and it's mailed to them. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other products, well, we, we produce our own wine. Yeah, I think a good quality organic wine, obviously. And um, we are converting that process to not just organic, but actually natural. But we, 
honestly, we consume a great uh, percentage of that wine right, right in our own <laughs> dining room. We sell it, we can sell it to our own guests and we do sell it to several local restaurants and so forth. With all the work that you do at Spinocchia, do you see it kind of resonate in the community and the surrounding area? Well, if we, yeah, definitely. We have, there are other farms in the area that we collaborate with. Like Paganico is one of them, a cattle farm nearby. They um, do agroforestry. There are many farms. I could like name drop severals. We have a collaboration that is practical. So sometimes we uh, really like share tools. We uh, uh, we share practices and knowledge. For instance, Paganico, this farm I just mentioned, they have mobile slaughterhouse that we would like to like use together with them in the future one of the, the basically the only thing that is doesn't happen here at the farm when it comes to our animals is the like the slaughtering so the sacrifice of the animal and uh, like having a farm like them in the area it's it's marvelous because we can actually collaborate and uh, and like you know improve our sustainability and also share knowledge about practices that are going in the same uh, like direction in terms of values and at the same time sometimes we uh, work with them because we uh, transform the meat of their animals and some yeah and uh, this is just one example there are wineries here that are very important almost like mentors to me anytime that i have jobs i i talk to them and there is really a network of collaboration and it's not really a competition. It's always, you know, like, um, I, I would say it also like a family in that sense. Like, uh, we know that we are like united. We're like stronger than when we alone. It's amazing that you all learn from each other and really collaborate as a community. I think that's wonderful. So I understand that you also have an internship program at Spinocchi and was wondering if you could describe that a bit. Um, so when I arrived here a year and a half ago, I started immediately with uh, like the the first group of interns we had. It was March 2022, and um, yeah, I, I can tell you a little bit how it works with the internship program. Every we have an internship program where eight people, uh, often young, passionate, let's say change makers that want to have an impact in the food system decide to come here and work alongside our farm staff. We have the first session, it's in the springtime, then we have another one in the summer, and then a third one in the, in the fall. The interesting thing is that no, I mean, all the, all the three different sessions have like a great importance for the work of the farm. Actually, the farm could not exist without without the uh, the internship, the interns and all the volunteers that come here. And it's what is interesting to me, which is that everyone does something that is very important, but it's, I think sometimes it's a kind of mm, almost meditative approach to the fact that they do things, but they seldom see the final results, you know, like in the springtime, we still pruning the vineyard, but it will only be the the fall session that will actually harvest the wine, but the fall session will not drink the year after the wine when it's finally fermented. So it's a, it's a very nice way to pass a testimony to the next group. 
creating a, a very nice connection between all these three groups. Uh, what the interns do, they, as, as I said, they are divided in three groups. So they work alongside our farm staff. We have animals. So we have approximately 100 pigs right now of a breed called Cinta Senese. They are free range in they are like 100 pig in 50 hectares. So we, ha and we have right now eight cows. We have a newborn that is only two weeks old and some laying hands. And so the Animali team take care of, uh, of that part. Then we have the Tutofare team that mostly work in the vineyard and in the cellar, but they also do uh, landscape management, maintenance, and um, uh, work with wood. We are uh, self-sufficient in terms of, uh, of wood. So we use the wood of our forest. And then we have the team Orto. Orto in Italian means vegetable garden. And uh, yeah, so it's basically the people that work in the vegetable garden. All these activities, uh, oh, and of course we have the olive trees. Um, they fall between the tutofare and the orto responsibility. Yeah, so they stay for three months, as I said. And in the winter time, I should not forget that we also have winterns, as we call them. It's like our... Um, winter program there is for the other seasons there is a little fee to pay for the winters um, there is not a fee the reason why the interns during the spring summer and fall they pay a little fee is because together with the work at the farm they also have educational activities so we provide uh, italian classes uh, educational activities that are somehow related to activities of the farm could be like a class on beekeeping on winemaking wine tasting soil health and other practices that we do here at the farm and then every other friday we go on a field trip so we want to give the interns also the possibility to see other farms not just Pinocchio, but other farms that work in the same with the same values and the same ethos as uh, as we do here and so it could be um uh, goat farm, cheese makers, the rice farm, cow cattle farm, a lot of wineries. Since I'm very into wine, we always visit at least two wineries, craft beer producer, and so on. And why not? If if it's possible, we also take a little trip to the sea, to the beach, and uh, <laughs> and eat mozzarella and tomatoes <laughs> on the beach. Yes. So why does Pinocchio place such an emphasis on education instead of just having like a lot of farms I know take woofers where they just have volunteers for an X mm -hmm. amount of time um, and there's not really an educational part to it. So yeah. why does Pinocchio choose to have that component? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, well, it's in the value of, uh, of this place. We're not, um, I mean, to us, it's very important to have guests and uh, to like open to as many people as possible. But our real purpose is really to, um, I don't know if the, if, pardon my poor English, is to contaminate the world with these values, you know, by showing that it's possible to tend the land in a sustainable way. Uh, everyone can have their own definition of sustainability, but for us, it's really a matter of uh, leaving the soil and the land in a better condition as when we, as how we found it. And to to us, it's it's very important that this message, it's 
we really want to contaminate the word. I really want to have like a positive emphasis, a positive connotation to this word, like contaminate the word with this message. And I think there is a lot of potential in younger generation. That's why for us, it's very important to, to you know, show people in their young age that this is possible. And it's important to remember that, you know, we, we a lot of people think that like big scale farming is the only solution. Often we forget that 70% of uh, the food that is consumed and produced in the world comes from small farms and family farms. So the role of farms like ours, but also other farms that uh, you have are all over the world, it's very important to, uh, to guarantee food security in the future. Yeah. And so why do you think it might be important for someone that is younger to kind of leave their home to learn from a different organization that may be in a different community? Uh -huh. Well, I, I think that that's important no matter what you're going to learn. I mean, travel and expose yourself to uh, really anything. <laughs> and again, I'm going to use this word again, contaminate your thought, like mm, shuffle, uh, stir the pot, um, expose yourself to as many experiences as possible, both in your young age, like younger days, but even while, you know, when you're in your 50s, it's very, I mean, in our case, we we tend to uh, attract and accept people in their like 20s often, but I think it's a, something that it's very important always. There is always some positive outcome in, uh, in you know, getting to see things that are not necessarily what you like, grew up with. I mean, I, I see with the interns and the volunteers that we have here, the relationship they built are like often mm, life-lasting friendship. Sometimes even like we have some interns that fell in love and now they are families and they keep coming back on vacation with their kids. That's what I really love about this place, that it's a community and the community and the experience doesn't end in those three months, it, it survives. It's always so heartwarming also to see when like former interns come back and uh, it's really like, it's not just a network. It feels like a big family that it's like all over the world. Yeah, it sounds like a magical place. What other things can an intern kind of expect to experience there? Well, they will be eating typical genuine Italian meals, and so they will be exposed to the whole culture of uh, food, uh, which I think is um, valuable. They're not directly involved in the, um, the tourism operation, but our hope is actually that they do get to meet a lot of our visiting guests who, as I said, come from all over the world and are typically People you get who want to come to a very simple place, they're not going to be waited on, there's no luxury involved. Um, they tend to be really nice, interesting people. You know, they understand the issues of sustainability. They want to know more about it. We're in a good example for them. And so they live with us for, you know, for a period of time. And um, I would say almost without exception, really, really value the experience. But they come from a whole variety of backgrounds and they may be in anywhere from their early 20s to their 90s. And, um, and so they're interesting people for our, for our interns to you know, have some social contact with. So I think that's can be part of their educational experience as, as well. And they live together um, and very, they have their own house. Um, 
they have their own kitchen. Um, they eat dinner with with the main in the main operation, you know, several times a week. But um, they do have responsibility for making a lot of their own meals, living together in harmony. Um, so I think that's perhaps of an education in itself, right there, just the, the living situation. And then kind of going back to the internship program, could you kind of give an overview of the logistics of it? Um, if someone was interested, where can they learn more about it? How do they get involved? Who's eligible? Kind of those mm -hmm. nitpicky things. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, who's eligible? Uh, people between the 18 years old of age and 35. Most of the applicants, I can tell you, are around in like their mid-20s. Um, they can just go on our website, www.spanokia.org, and there are all the information regarding deadlines and uh, application. There is a form that the applicants fill in, and we normally receive between 30 and 45 applications, and uh, we normally accept eight people. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes it's... Um, like having prior experience, it's a, often sometimes it's a plus, but we also want to open up to people that do not have farming experience uh, that come here with the curiosity and the enthusiasm of, uh, of learning. And to tell you the truth, often these are the people that leave Spinocchia um, a bit more enriched by the experience. Um, so sometimes we have people that come from the like finance word and need a break uh, from that type of lifestyle. They are, I can tell you that this is also, I don't want to call it a, like a retreat place, but it's a place that where people come to ground themselves. They are maybe in a point in life where they need a, a place. Well, they need to see the result of what they're doing, like immediate result. And uh, they come here also to emerge in the beautiful landscape that we have here. Um, yeah, logistics. Yeah, that's uh, that's about it. And they all start. Uh, I don't know. The spring session start in the beginning of uh, of the spring, which is approximately like the first days of March, and lasts for three months. And then, like, uh, yeah, the summer and the, and the fall session. Some interns decide to really stay here for those three months and really not travel that much other interns are more adventurous so they also leave the farm it's not the easiest thing to leave this place because we are in the middle of a forest in the middle of a natural reserve but uh, we have had a lot of like curious interns that managed to travel italy they went to cinque terre they went down to naples to rome they tried like garda lake and they uh, they really managed also to see italy not just spanocchia also with the like knowledge of Italian that they they acquired here, which is, of course, in three months you do not become fluent. But it's uh, at the end of the experience uh, they always walk away with also some some words that are not just grazie and buongiorno. <laughs> Beautiful. And yes. so, what kind of challenges could an intern maybe face during their time there? I guess some most of our interns, not all of them, most of them come come from big cities. Um, so adapting from an urban environment to a very rural and uh, like immerse in nature, it's, it's not for everyone. And in the beginning, you know, you're at awe every time you see a sunset here. But then I see that sometimes the, the busy 
lifestyle of a city is something that they tend to uh, to seek and to to miss and i always see a shift i think around like the first month that's what happened they start missing the city they are really striving to see something else and to like i don't know, go to a concert and like more active life but then after three weeks they become more like grounded in the place and they fully enjoy the place in the for the last month it's you know for everyone is a bit different but um it's definitely another pace to to live in a place like this it's more again it's a spinach is a community and it leave, really leaves out of the energy of the people but sometimes can be a bit solitary especially in the beginning of the spring also for the winter like for the winter time for our winters it's also like managed to to live in uh, solitude, I would say, because there are not so many people. It's uh, it's a challenge. Even though I think that when you're in a forest, you're never alone. There's like so much <laughs> going on. Yeah. And so if someone wanted to support kind of the work that Spinokia does or get mm -hmm. involved in some way, and if that for them isn't being an intern or wolfing, can someone support Spinokia in another way? Yes, um, we have a foundation that actually supports all the work we do with the educational programs uh, that makes actually the educational programs possible. It's called Friends of Spinocchia. On the website, there are all the information to uh, like make a donation, support us, become a member. And yeah, and I think like the best way also to support Spinocchia is to come here and see it in first person and uh, enjoy it. It's a, it's a great way to, to become involved, at least in the beginning, and to see the, what Spinocchia is for real. Because it's, you can read it on the website, you can talk about it, but I think it's only when you are actually here that you can understanding, understand that to its fullest. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of our listeners are often looking for a career shift and maybe thinking about taking the leap to kind of transition to work in the food systems mm -hmm. what yes. what would be your message to that person if they're kind of still on the fence of do I uh -huh. want to get into food systems yeah my message is what are you waiting for <laughs> <laughs> um I, I I think there is there is so much need for people that want to shift the food system in a, like in another direction and uh you know if we want to make something for mm, ourselves and our like for future generation, this is the best way to engage. It's something that it's great. Like, I think it's uh, it's very gratifying. It's it's necessary and it's, I don't know, has a deep beauty in it. I think food, it's uh, such a relevant, it's not just a product. It's it has so many things. It's uh, it's culture, it's, uh, it's economics, it's philosophy, it's psychology. It has uh, so many things that you can, it really can be everything and uh, working with it and working for a brighter future of a food system is is a great way to like shift your career towards and sometimes you can even take you know what you already like not just changing your career but also using what you already learn and adapting it to um, to the food realm you could be in marketing you could be in you know sales you could be in you know be a clerk in a store you could start a store and manage it um, you could be a farmer you could be a butcher i mean there's a huge huge range of actual physical um, mental activities 
that, that are involved in the production of food and, and farming. There's not much that's more fundamental to human survival than food, after all. I could not agree more. Well, unfortunately, that is the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Finding Your Future in Food Systems podcast, and thank you so, so much, Randall and Nico, for taking the time today to chat with us and share more information about Spinocchia. We didn't get to talk about it this time, but if you're listening and are interested, Spinocchia also has a butcher and culinary apprenticeship on top of their internship program, which you can learn more about on their website. And don't forget to stay in touch with them by finding them on their social channels at Tenuta di Spinocchia. And you can find us at foodsystemsnetwork.org, where you can find all our social channels. If you're interested in being featured on the podcast or know an organization that would be, please feel free to email us at kim at foodsystemsnetwork.org. We'd also like to give a very special thank you to the composer of our intro music, Bo Vincent. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Vivian, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Andy. Yes. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Thank you. Ciao.